Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm down to dunk. And I'm down to dunk. I'm down to dunk. This is J-Dub and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shea Gibbs Alexander, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala, and I'm down to dunk. This is Jay Will, and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to dunk. Will you say this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort? <laughs> this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me today is my good friend, Michele Bear. Michele, what's up? We're back. We are back. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. It, it, good. it feels like Monday now. <laughs> it <It's>, does. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Last week, it was completely lost. Oh, we have made it through the off season. I took a week off. I had podcasts that dropped last week anyways. I didn't feel great about it. Just releasing content that was pre-recorded. I did. Lo- I did really enjoy my time with Andrew Gaze. That was really, really fun. Yeah, uh, really cool guy. Glad I got to record that. Hope you guys enjoyed that one. And then uh, shouts to Alex for recording those two Q and A pods with me uh, the week prior. But now we've got fresh content for you guys. It's the opening week of the NBA season. Uh, with that, I want to quickly mention Down to Dunk Night, November 3rd. You can go to our Twitter account. Uh, you can also find it somewhere. I don't know if you can find it like through the Thunder Ticket website. But anyways, we have a link that you can click to get special tickets. You have So I've had people reach out to me. If you're already at the game, great. You can come hang out with us some, but you won't be able to get on the court after the game. So the festivities include a pregame meet-and-greet meal show type of thing over at uh, the Omni beforehand. We'll walk over as a group to the game. There are two ticket options. One is a lower-level seat. One is an upper-level seat. So it doesn't matter which one you choose. You will still get to participate in the post-game festivities, which is the best part. One, we'll take a giant picture, which we'll probably replace as the Down to Dunk Twitter banner. You can look at that. Uh, on our Twitter account at Down to Dunk, and see everybody that got to come and hang out with us. And then we will do a half court shot competition. The person who hits a half court shot or makes a half court shot, and there might be a, there might have to be a playoff. We had two people make it last year, and then we had to do like a, a shoot off. The winner will get two courtside seats to a game of their choice. So, well worth it. We'll get to hang out. Maybe we'll see. Maybe you'll see a Thunder player or two walk by us, wave to us, come and greet the the uh, the group. Who knows? It's going to be a great time. So this is our version of like getting getting together and watching a game. We're just going to do it at the game in person. It's going to be great. So be there. You can get your tickets. Go to uh, our Twitter account at Down to Dunk. Click the link and get yourself a ticket. 
There's limited space for this, so please get them quickly so that you don't miss it. I know we have people driving in from Tulsa, from Kansas, from uh, other places too, so uh, be sure to come hang out with us and uh, all the other down to Dunkers. Uh, McKelly, today is the last day the Thunder can extend Darius Baisley. They have a 5 o'clock Central Time uh, deadline. And what's your what's your feel for what's going to happen with with Mr. Baisley and what is going to happen going forward with him? So if I have to bet today, if there is and there will be an extension or not, I think that would probably lean no. Um, but I think that and this was apparent to me the last few games of the of the preseason and also in spots last season in the first year of Baisley's uh, tenure with the Thunder. Baisley is a backup center to me in this league. Um, and he didn't have all the opportunities to play that role uh, compared to guys like Jerry and, yep. and guys like that. So um, I think that he's best suited as like, again, a big man that can do multiple stuff on the court, but has to be paired with a guy that can shoot the basketball and that occupies different places on, on offense. Um, he was very good in preseason in duck-ins and occupying the dunker spot, attacking uh, from the dribble when the center was not set and stuff like that. So I really wonder if in a different scenario, um, and I know that we mentioned, probably you mentioned Dallas uh, off-air for sure, but even on the record, um, if he finds a place like that, where he can be the center, like Powell or guys like that, I think that he can work pretty well. And there will be probably talks about how, see how Baisley was misused uh, in OKC. It's part of the opportunity uh, that he didn't have because there were multiple guys there, Al Horford, their favors. Um, but I think that um, if he's not traded super duper early, we might see a version of Baisley this year because we have so many guys that can play the four um, that is better than what we saw last year. Yeah. I think Baisley can play in the NBA. I don't, don't misinterpret my, my thoughts on him not being like a guy long for this Thunder team as me saying like he can't play. I think he can play. I just think that he needs a specific role. And I don't think it's on this team. Like, does he want, I mean, you ask basically, like, do you want to be a guy that occupies the dunker spot almost exclusively on offense? I mean, I think he would say no. If you place him, though, at the top of the key, he just, he just can't quite get there with the flow. Like, you can, yeah. you can feel like the ball hit his hands and he's like, now what? You know, he kind of, he'll, he'll jab step or he'll do something that just doesn't make a ton of sense and doesn't quite get the offensive flow where like, I don't know that Jeremiah is as talented as Darius is Mm -hmm. uh, as a basketball player, but he sure gets the things that the thunder want him to get on offense. Yeah. He gets the, how to swing the ball, how to keep the offensive offense flowing. He's a good screener. He shot the ball horrifically in preseason. I'm aware of that. We also have a sample size of him shooting 35% from three last season when he did play, and that's in more games. So I trust that more than I do the preseason bad stretch. However, it doesn't mean that Jeremiah is like definitely a guy that's in like the eight man rotation in two years. You know, I have no clue. Yeah. You know, uh, but I will say eight man is 
it's not nothing. Like no, no, it's going to be tough to make the eight man rotation on this team if they have. I mean, they're probably yeah. going to have a ten or eleven man rotation more than likely. But to be in the top eight, you have to be good. You just have to be. They're yes. going to draft somebody in twenty three that's going to be good. And there are going to be guys that are on this roster today that we don't know if they're good or not yet that are going to pop and be like, holy smokes, like Trey Mann's like a really good player. Or like yeah. Poku is now like a really good player. Or Usman is now a really good player. We don't know who of those guys, if not multiple guys, will pop. So I'm not saying like, oh my gosh, like Jeremiah is so much better than Baisley. It's just crazy. I'm not saying that. Like, I don't know. We have, we, don't, we have a sample of Jeremiah being a pretty good player. We also don't have that large of a sample of him being that good of a player. And he's going to have a chance to play primarily center. One, because they don't have a center on this roster. (laughs) They don't have a real one. They have these makeshift centers like Jeremiah and Jay Will. Those aren't full-time centers in the NBA. You know, that's not... Yeah, nowadays probably, but but yes, those are not... Very few teams. I mean, think there's a lot of teams that have really big guys playing that spot at least starting like even like Jonas Valanciunas for the Pelicans like that dude is giant compared to Jeremiah yeah that's why you really need to have guys that space the floor at a certain degree Uh, otherwise it doesn't make any sense if you're short and and you're not spacing the floor then it's hard Mm -hmm. to play but if you are um, a matchup nightmare on the other end, then then it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I I think Baisley can make it on a team that has a ball dominant player, and he mm-hmm. is expected to be a play finisher only, play in transition, defend. Like he can do those things. Like I have no doubt about that. Where it's just like, hey, you're going to do kind of as little as possible on the offensive end, and I think that he can succeed in that way. And maybe even it helps him develop a little bit yeah. as well. Um, but this team, they want, like, if you don't notice the trend, like, they want decision makers. That's what they want. Like, yes. Look at the draft. Like, every single guy they drafted is a decision maker, all the way to Jay Will. I mean, Jay Will, as limited as he is in a lot of ways, athletically, he's limited as a score, he's very limited. But not as a decision maker. Like, the guy can pass it, like, he can make cross court passes. You know, he's a good bounce passer. Like, there's a lot of really good things about him as a decision maker. You can say that about every single guy. Chet, great decision maker. Chet's now in a boot. That's great. He's going to have the best one-legged jump shot in the NBA next year. Uh, Hey, no scooter anymore, so. Yeah, no scooter. It's great. Uh, Usman Jang, decision making is like, was one of his things. J-Dub. Yeah, more many others. I mean, Us is probably the guy that surprised me the most in yeah. preseason, not because I, I saw flashes that I never saw in summer league or last year in NBL, but because he was playing, except for a few moments uh, on defense, he was playing like okay basketball already. Um, I mean, we saw Maladon playing okay basketball as well yeah. uh, in preseason two years ago. Mm-hmm. So there is nothing to really conclude now, not even after the first year. But at least you have a guy that you want to see more of. Uh, and that is, there's another one. <laughs> like yep. there are li- probably 12, 14 players that you want to see on the court. So that's, that is going to be tough. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. Uh, yeah. I just, 
I have a hard time seeing Baisley as a guy who's a, a part of the future of the Thunder. Uh, today at practice, Clemente Almanza had a video that he posted of Darius Baisley and Sam Presti sitting down and talking. Now, they could be talking about donuts. Like, we don't know what they're talking about. Um, I think we, uh, one, one I, I assume that Sam Presti wouldn't sit down in front of where he thinks the media are and having a conversation with Darius Baisley about his future with the team. Maybe he did. I doubt that he did. Um, it's all an inception. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember Andrew Robertson getting out of the... Oh, yeah, all the hugs and everything. Hugging everyone and like, yeah. boom, speculations. <laughs> it's amazing, hours, man. Days. I don't remember how, how, how long it lasted. Probably only a few hours because yeah. it was a deadline uh, yeah. a couple of hours later. But it seems, hey, he's gone. He's gone. I know. Look at that. I know. And no. I'm just a hugger. Yeah, come on, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but big shouts to uh, Sam Presti and to Baisley for having that conversation in front of the media today. <laughs> it's just really funny to me that they decided to do that. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I would expect they won't get anything done. If they do get something done, there would be value in getting a deal that is like below the taxpayer MLE done. Mm-hmm. You know, like a three-year, 18, three-year, three $20 million deal. There would be value had for the Thunder to get something like that done. I think that makes him very tradable. I think that makes him, his value, I mean, he might have more value. Um, you might go from like a top 35 protected second to an unprotected second <laughs> for basically if you make that deal. So it's not, we're not talking like giant value here, but there may be value in doing that. And if he's willing to get those, if he's willing to sign a deal like that, then maybe, maybe you do it. Uh, however, if you're Darius, you probably want to bet on yourself and also know that those deals are, even for a player like Baisley, you might be able to get a little bit more because he's still super young. He's athletic. He can guard on the wing, you know, and he's got a good agent. So, you know, that that may not be something that they're interested in, but that there may be value and there may be a number that the Thunder say, yeah, that makes sense for us. And Baisley says, sure, I'll take whatever I can get. And they just get a deal done. There's there's still a possibility. Now it doesn't mean he's long for the thunder that he's definitely going to be on the team moving forward. But you know, there's a scenario where that happens. I would put that at like 15%, like pretty low chance Mm -hmm. of happening, but you know, it's not impossible. It's also a type of contract that kind of defines your career a little bit. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it doesn't like Jeremy Grant signed a three for nine, I think. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. And then he went on signing a very big contract yep. later on. There are multiple players that signs the first contract around seven, eight, nine millions, and then they just coast around that number. Yeah. Doug McDermott is one of them. Yeah. Um, where you you are a NBA player, but not really much more. So sure. it's it's tricky to sign those uh, contracts. Uh, teams don't want to have low contracts that are rising so it's likely flat or even declining and, and players hate that so yeah. it's a it's a difficult balance it's a ton of money for normal people yeah. um so 
and anything can happen in terms of injuries and stuff like that. So I think that there might be willingness, but also, I mean, he is super duper young. Mm -hmm. It has to be the right amount. Um, I mean, I would not be terribly surprised if he signed something between 20 and 25 for three years, um, including some kind of protection uh, on the team side. Um, But again, uh, you have to find a reason why. You don't just, just sign him and and then you have you have no time for him like right. you have to be mindful about the time that you have to spend on the on the first round picks yeah i mean it would just be hey we're going to play you a backup center this year and see how it works and they could yeah. do that anyways you know they could do that anyways and take him into the summer and if they like what he did give him a contract then like this isn't the last chance for him oh no with the thunder if things go well and he's like yeah i'm great playing in the dunker spot and he can play in a very switchy style of defense which he can um you know it's really to me though about the three-point shooting i mean if you're going to have a guy like chet out there you want to have somebody spacing the the court for him and somebody that can make a decision next to him too and the fact remains that he hadn't shot better than 33 percent from the corners in his career and in fact, last year was the best that he shot from the corners, which is 33%. The year before... See, improvement. The year before, 24%. His first year, 29%. And he's shot 34% overall his rookie season on a smaller volume, but he's 29% these last two years on a pretty yeah. big sample of shots. Uh, he shot almost 300 threes in his second season and 269 shots from three in year three and he's 29 percent, a career 30 percent three-point shooter like that's what he is did he improve maybe but he's also a career 40 percent from the field like he just yeah those those numbers don't equal getting a contract extension those numbers equal a player that will have to fight on a minimum contract for a year and find a better place for him the year after this and then yeah go for it again, go for another contract again. Like that's just, those, those are the kind of numbers that somebody puts up that just hasn't made it yet. And if you put him next to Luka Doncic, I think that things could change. If you put him next to even throw him on the heat, the heat have done a lot of really good stuff with players like him. And so maybe it's just about situation for Darius. Um, but yeah, uh, Alex Bullerjack sounds like Charlotte. Don't do not banish anybody to Charlotte right now. That that is the worst situation in the league. Like the James Booknight news today. Oh my! I mean, everything is just crumbling in Charlotte. I mean, they have, you have made to some, ask yourself though. some of the worst draft picks in the last couple of years. Just unbelievably bad. Like I'm like it's. I don't want to to speculate or anything, but it's weird. Like all the things that are happening there. Yeah. I mean, it's very weird. It's maybe it's not consequential, like causation doesn't imply correlation or whatever. So, um, yeah, the, the opposite though. Um, but anyway, it's, it's weird that they had young guys that are, that behaved in stupid ways or very horrible ways. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe those are their, like either it's the evaluation or it's the process or it's just randomness. I find it hard to believe that it's random, but hey, maybe it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, whatever it is, it's bad. It's real bad. 
Uh, let's talk about something that's not real bad uh, right after this quick break. We're going to talk about preseason and some of the good stuff that we saw. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. When it's time for me to find a job, I went right to LinkedIn Jobs. They helped me find the right employer, and it was, man, very, very easy process. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash dunk. That's linkedin.com slash dunk to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And we're back after that quick break. Let's talk about preseason. Uh, one thing is, like, disclaimer, we're talking about preseason. So everybody can uh, take take all of this with a grain of salt if you'd like. But I think there were some actual things to take away. And maybe that's stupid. I don't know. I'm okay with being stupid every once in a while. Because I think there were some things that I that were pretty interesting in this. And I tweeted this yesterday. I was catching up on a bunch of the preseason games. Uh, yesterday morning and man like the thing that stuck out to me the most is is that i think that we might have like legit thunder minutes opening for poku and usman jank and those guys are probably like the two biggest like swing pieces on this roster that i like we're not necessarily counting on like i think the guys mm-hmm. that we're counting on to be as a part of this next iteration of the Thunder. Shea, Dort, Chet, and Giddy. I think those four are like, okay, like I know those four can be guys that can play in the playoffs with an NBA team and will likely play with this Thunder team. Great. These a lot of these other guys are swings. Like Trey Mann, also like we need to discuss him for sure after this. He's like he's a swing for the Thunder. He looks he's looking really good. Jang, yeah, Jang at his size and doing the stuff that he did in the preseason was jarring to me. He shot fifty seven percent from the field, like that's great. Forty seven percent from three, not real, but it's great. Uh, didn't hardly not even ever, the 57, did, but huh? hey, that's not even the 57. I that, that is not real. That no, was that can't be real. Mainly either. against <laughs> non existing defense, but yeah, but exactly. it sounded not entirely fake. I know, I know. Yes, there, there are repeatable things from Jang that were happening in the preseason. One, his ability to slide his feet at 6'11. Mm-hmm. 
like he looks he he moves like a guy that's six foot seven. Yeah, but he is four inches taller. I'm not yeah. totally unconvinced that he's. I, I think he might be seven feet. He's huge. He's giant. That, yeah, that was one thing tall. that players were saying to me on media day. We're just like, man, he's huge. Like he's a big guy, and I'm impressed. I don't know that he works out. I don't know that he's a guy that's going to be a monster in this in this league or not. But boy, does he have a chance. He's got a real chance to be a real player in this league. And I didn't think that we would see this for a little while. You know, he was 11 points, three, three boards, 1.4 assists to two turnovers, which he needs to clean up. Like that, there was some stuff there. Now, the biggest thing that's going to hold him back and the thing that Mark has kind of hammered home is that he just is not physical enough. Yeah. And it's true. Like he's just, he just isn't like, he's not, you watch him versus like Dort, who's easily the most physical player on the team. And it's other worlds different. Now he doesn't need to be Dort in order to be successful, but he's got to have like, give him 20% of the physicality that Lou Dort has. And then we're talking about like a, a real player at six eleven that can shoot, that can defend, you know, even though he's not physical, he just knows how to defend, which yeah. I think is huge. Uh, I think like comparing him to Darius Baisley, I think like Baisley can defend in a one-on-one matchup really well. He's got mm-hmm. the athleticism to stick with guys, but I don't think he, and he's he's gotten better, but like if you talked about him at the same point that Jang is at today, like he didn't grasp concepts like Jang does right away. Like Jang, you can just see him thinking the game at like a pretty high level for a 19 year old, which also just gives you more encouragement as to like, oh man, like there's, there's a real chance that this guy works out. Yeah, I saw good things uh, from Jang and a few moments where it was kind of lost, uh, and especially when they were playing zone. He sure. was not comfortable with it. He yeah. missed the corner twice. It's not the position that he's used to play. He's used to play the wing position that is right. stays in front in the um, in, in zone defense. Um, so uh, if you play 2-3, then... Usually the guys that are behind are the big men and is clearly not into that role yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but he understands spacing and he knows where to be. The thing that impressed me the most about Jang is his ability to take the ball on the move, putting it on the floor and just attack. Uh, he yeah. did it a couple of times, like running through screens, then getting a pass, put the ball on the court and just get to the get to the rim. Um, that is impressive, the fluidity, the um, the quickness. You're right, he's not physical enough. Uh, he shies away from contacts at the rim. He's not strong enough. There were a couple of layups that he missed just because he was not strong enough. But he he looks young in terms of body. He's not like bulk up or anything. And he has broad, sh- broad shoulders, broad chest. So he is probably, he will be able to sustain a bit of um, heavy lifting during next oh. summer or, and, and during this season. He, uh, I don't know if he'll be good, but I think that he can look the part. His yeah. body is going to be able to take, his frame is going to be able to take on a lot of muscle. Uh, yeah. An encouraging thing too, if you if you look at his shot chart, is he's basically just taking threes and shots at the rim. Yeah. And that's... That's, that's valid for everyone. 
Sure. Like that's the Mark Dugnault offense. Like there are very yeah. few, and this will change whenever Shea gets back in because Shea is great in the mid range. Um, yeah, he's allowed, and Chet will be will oh, be allowed too. Yeah, Chet's gonna be great. <laughs> he's gonna be great. Um, but yeah, I, it's man. I just yes, have we have so to many, talk about I man. Have, I just have Two so ends. many. I just have so many questions about. Mark Degnault and where the heck did this guy come from? Like I know his story. His story is unbelievable. I want to be able to tell it with him on a microphone at some point. But this the story of him becoming an NBA coach and turning some of these guys into NBA players is just it's astonishing to me. I mean, you talk about Trey Mann and who he was at the beginning of last year and the kind and the way that he played basketball. I just didn't know if it was going to work because mm-hmm. he had a lot of improvement to make. Now, it's a huge testament to Trey who he is right now. It's huge because he has worked really, really hard his, yeah. on his body, on his game, on his shot, on his physicality himself. You can see him, that 20% of Dort that I was talking about, Jang adding, he's, he's added it. He's added that to his game where he's more willing to stick his nose into the fight than he was yeah. at the beginning On of defense. last year. Yeah. On offense, at the rim, I expected a little bit more from him. I was hoping to see him dunking a little bit more. Against the Pistons finishing in particular, a better. It, was, it was not great. Yeah. That was, that was, a, rough, that was a rough game. But his money is going to be made on those deep threes. And wow, he is, yeah, he's five feet behind the line and shooting him with ease. Yeah. And a lot of that is a testament to the strength that he added in the offseason. Man, I, I'm kind of blown away by him. He had 19 made threes, the most threes made in the preseason. And those numbers are, those aren't real numbers. Like you don't really take in and do anything with preseason numbers. It's just kind of cool to see. But the, I, I am pretty amazed by the shooter that he is. And I thought he'd be a good shooter. But, I mean, there are very few guys that take those deep range threes off the dribble. Yeah. I mean, it's Steph, it's Lillard, it's Trey Young. The list isn't very long of guys that will just pull up from there. And Trey Mann, I'm not saying that you need to put him in that group. I think that's a ridiculous group to be put in. Um, but he's got a chance to be there. Like, he's got a legitimate it's chance to be there now. It's unfair a, now. Yes, but, it's way. Yes, the expectation that he's a part of that group right now is absolutely absurd. Uh, yeah. it, it's it's unfair to him. It's unfair to the coaching staff. It's unfair to Sam Presti. It's unfair to everybody to place him in that group. But if he can just be, like, I think that he can easily be that microwave scorer that I've you know talked about him being. Um defensively he's going to have to be a lot better and it's that's going to be a process that takes not weeks but years for him to get there and he's got time to do it but for him to become like a a starter on this team like it's going to take it's going to take some time for him to become that like kind two of weeks player. you think it's two weeks <laughs> i i love his game i i've the one thing that i loved when i was watching yesterday was that when he got fouled on a shot at the rim and made it, 
he screamed and won. And this is just such a little thing, and everybody does this. But Trey Mann, I've had a few chances to talk with him. He just is such a soft-spoken yeah, and like childlike like aura of, about him. And the fact that he's out there playing, not with that same aura, but with like a, this is mine, this is my team kind of aura, is like, that's what you want to see. That's what you want to see out of him. And he was showing it in the preseason. Now, will he play like that against the Timberwolves when he's playing against like a, a real team? <laughs> I mean, that yeah. is something I'm very interested in. And now we haven't even seen him play with Shea. We haven't seen him play with this new cast of characters altogether. We've kind of seen him be the guy out there. How does he compliment Shea? How does he compliment the team whenever it's Shea and Dort and Giddy out there if they play smaller and he's with them? How does he compliment them? I think is a big question. Um, but you have to be encouraged about what you've seen from Trey Mann, especially with the type of players that were drafted around him in the 2021 draft. Um, I, th- I think that people were disappointed with that pick in a lot of ways. I think that people... Me? <laughs> yeah. I, I was kind of like, well, I don't know what to do about this. We have Taylor Maladon. Do, should we really draft Trey Man? No, um, <laughs> I said that they wanted Trey Murphy. Yeah. Third. And still, like you can make the case, like Trey Murphy's yeah. also on that list of guys that have made the most threes in the preseason. Yeah. Um, and he plays more of a position of need for the Thunder. Um, but yeah. Uh, Jason Stewart in the chat says, Andrew, are you wearing a robe? I'm not wearing a robe. I'm wearing a uh, sweater. Uh, it's sweater season. Uh, here in Oklahoma now. I think it's like 40 degrees outside, something like that. So, Really? Uh, it's crazy hot here. Like really? 80 or 90. 90? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, 90 is 30 Celsius, something like that. Yeah. It's close to that, by the way. Yeah. Wow. It, it was very hot. I ate um, outside yesterday <laughs> for lunch. So it's... It's, uh, it's, uh, it's sweater <laughs> and chilly weather here in Oklahoma. Have you, have you had chili, by the way? Have you had chili? What's that? It's like a like a meat like a meaty uh, tomatoy soup kind of. Oh, chili, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes, right. Mexican food. Okay. No, yes. no, not Mexican food. No, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's okay. Uh, okay. Tex Max. No. Trey that Man. Is... So Trey Man. Any any other any other thoughts on Trey before we move on? We I, we kind of skipped over Poku in my first little thing, so we need to talk about Poku. But anything else yeah. on Trey? Yes, I think that. Um, he plays well no matter what's the role and that is something that we like and i just had the feeling that when he was on the court the defense was playing in a different way and everyone had miles of space yeah um and this is something that i can't shake from my head uh it's not the same with wiggins it's not the same with dort it's not the same with anybody else Hmm. um i just want to see him playing 28 30 minutes a night yeah if it starts if it doesn't it doesn't care i i don't care uh but it's um it has to be a lot of minutes um and poku deserves some minutes as well oh yeah because he played really well except for a few minutes at the end of one game where he started like doing backflips and and trying to like throw the ball and whatnot (laughs) but but that was uh, a moment um uh, for for the rest poku was very solid he was a, a veteran out there and and again 
with him as much as Trey and Trey man, um, the team was playing better with him on the court. And yeah. that was clear to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, his preseason stats, 47% from the field. Hallelujah. That's normal. That's just like a normal basketball player's number. That's great. 30% from three, not quite 39, but you know, we'll take it. 80% from the free throw line, which is good compared to everybody else on this team. There were some pretty atrocious free throw shooting on this roster. Yeah. Uh, but five boards, 3.8 assists, only two turnovers. He looks he looks like an NBA player out there. And he's got to prove it against some really tough teams to start this season. And I think he's going to have a really good chance to start for this team and play big minutes against the Timberwolves and against the Nuggets and then against the Timberwolves again on opening night. And we'll see if he's ready because he has the same problem that Jang had where he just doesn't play a physical brand of basketball. Uh, He started to. He looks a little bit better. He's had some time to develop. He's had two full seasons to develop. Uh, I feel better about him not needing the G League this year, um, <laughs> which was it was a legitimate question. It was a, it was a very legitimate question, um, and I don't think he's going to the team. He had the second best plus minus on the team uh, in the preseason. J Dub, yeah, plus twelve and a half when he was J Dub was twenty two point four something sixteen point eight. By the end, oh, then I see the check after the last game. This is on NBA.com too, so this isn't, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I'm impressed with Poku. I think Poku's going to have a chance to, to be a real player in the NBA as a guy who can help protect the rim, he can play in transition. Uh, he's gonna need to make more threes than he did in preseason, he's gonna have to have it at a you know, 33, 34% for you to feel pretty good about that. But I mean, that's in the preseason, if he makes just a couple more, like he's there. So we're not talking like a giant margin from where he was in the preseason to where he needs to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think that he can get there. Uh, I was, I was impressed with Poku. There's a lot to be excited about with him. Uh, let's talk about Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara, J-Dub. points per game, three rebounds, 5.2 assists, only 2.6 turnovers, plus 16.8, as I mentioned. Uh, Shot shot 61% from the field. He didn't take many threes. He only shot 22% from three. Um, Yeah, but he didn't didn't take very many. Yeah, two of nine. He he, He took two corner threes, one from the left, one from the right, and made both of them. He missed all of his threes from above the break. Um, but you have to be, I mean, he, we talked about draft being drafted in the sweet spot uh, a lot leading up to the draft. And I talked about the guys that were drafted in that range and how you don't really want to be picking, you know, seven to 10, but you really want to pick 11 to you know, 15, there are a lot of good players selected in that range. And he's, he like fits the mold of a guy who would be good in that range because he's a little bit older. He was a junior. He kind of does a little bit of everything, but there's not like one thing that pops. He's not like a, a tremendous athlete, but he's a good enough athlete. Um, 
And man, did he look good in the preseason. Like he looked like the guy that he was at Santa Clara. And that was part of the worry was he's playing against this lesser lesser competition. There's been one other guy drafted from Santa Clara since 1996. And that was Steve Nash. Like nobody else since then. And you just don't know. Like how is that? How does that translate? And so far, it's translating very well. Like the guy just knows how to play basketball. Like he's passing tremendously. He plays in transition. He gets to the rim. He splits the defense. He knows how to move. Like he had, there was an inbounds pass from Giddy to him where he just kind of, the ball felt like it just snuck through to him just because he was in the exact right spot and he's able to finish at the rim with no contest. I mean, there's just so many things about him where you're just like, yeah, like this guy is good. Like this is an NBA player right here. Yeah, um, he looked great on the defensive side. He was putting the hands in a cookie jar um, mm-hmm. against everybody. He was aggressive, physical. Um, I think that the, um, the part of his game where you can see that he's not used to NBA speed and, and athletic, athleticism and size is the shooting. Yeah. Um, if you look at the film at Santa Clara, he had more, more time. To, to take those three. Uh, he had smaller defenders on him because he was playing point guard. So it's it's all different here. Um, it will take time to adjust completely on the offensive side. Um, he's not a super great shooter. You can tell that the touch is not elite. Uh, you can tell it from the free throws and, and stuff like that. Sure. So it's I have still questions about um, his shooting. But as I said in the last uh, OKC Dream Team podcast, I think that the shot is not broken. So yeah. there is room to work there. Uh, if Chip England can work with Giddy, he can surely work with J-Dub uh, oh, in definitely. due time and like get him to a different level. But I, I think that he's best quality is how much he's poised in offense. He's, he just knows how to play no matter who's on the court with him. He knows how to slide as an off-ball guy. Yep. He can play on ball and he just never ever forced it. So, and the way in which he finishes at the rim is, is impressive. Like yeah. it's it's not easy to, to just be, um, to have a certain pace that throws the defenders off and just gives him the smallest tiniest advantage that he can just exploit with layups and stuff like that mm-hmm. and he's he wants to be physical that is something that i really like oh, about yeah. him um and i wonder like why not starting him and, and giddy i or just bringing him soon uh with Trey man i mean you can do a lot of stuff with him on the court but i yeah. think that he will challenge challenge at least two starting players uh for the entire season um, Who are those starting maybe. players that you're mentioning? Do you want me to say it? Yeah, I do. I want you to. I think I it's only Poku it. and Dort, or Kenrich and Dort. Yeah, he'll have a chance. I mean, Dort has to be extremely good in order to keep J Will uh, J Dub, sorry, off the court. Yeah, you know he has a lot of uh, pretenders for for his spot. Yeah, to Dort. You're such a hater, man. I'm not a hater. I just saw exactly the Lou Dort I remember um, with close to the same percentage. I mean, he shot 35% from three. Close to the same percentage. Uh, usage rate that is way too high for my tastes. And I just see a team 
that whenever Dort was on bench was playing better basketball. Hmm. I am a hater. I just worry about the usage rate. I just worry about that. Yeah, I mean, that's... It's it's got to change, but also like he wasn't playing with Shea, and sure, I want to see him play with Shea and with Giddy, and then ultimately with Chet. And that's the that's the thing that I think is one of the more disappointing things about Chet not playing is is that we were going to be able to see, and and I don't think that Mark Dagnalts and I don't think that Sam Presti and everybody else signed. Dort thinking that oh this is going to be a twenty five percent usage player a thirty percent usage player I think they thought he's going to have to be a corner three guy an advantageous score and just the most dogged defender that you've ever seen and like that's what they I think that's the expectation now things shift there are guys that I like on this roster as scorers I Trey Mann J Dub. I think that Giddy is showing some stuff as a score. Then there's just like, who knows? You know, like I don't think of Poku as like a particularly potent score or Baisley or Jang or Poku doesn't need to or Giddy. He's more, he's way more opportunistic, but I'm just saying that now Chet was going to be a focal point of the offense and a guy that scored a lot. Like he, he was probably going to be the second leading scorer on this team. And now they need somebody else to step up. Lou Dort has done that in his career. And there is no reason for him to have to step back now. That's it's to me, it's one of the more disappointing things because I want to see what Lou Dort looks like as a role player, period. Not a guy that takes 12 shots a game, you know, and I mean, if 12, I would be happy with 12. He only possessions on offense, not shots. <laughs> Possession I mean, that he finishes. You don't like, I mean, 54% from the field, 35% from three. Is that not good enough for you? No. What do you know? And with the defense, I don't know, man. I feel like you have, you have wild I, expectations for Dort. I like the way in which he played, I think, against Detroit. That yeah. game was good. Yeah. I, I, he didn't force it. Yeah. There was a point in the first game when he just hoist trees after trees after trees. Hey, he just had to get a feel. It's a preseason. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the last game, he took four trees in a span of a minute and a half. Yeah. It's awesome. No, it's it's terrible. <laughs> Give those shots to Trey Mann. Yeah. Well, Every I, of those I shots. I want to see how he plays with Shea. Because he's going to play yeah. primarily with Shea. He's going to play a ton with Shea. And so yeah. I want to see that. I want to see how that manifests itself. Because okay. I, I agree that he did kind of, kind of take over a little bit. But I don't know, man. It's a preseason. You're playing against... I mean, they played some bad teams. They played some really bad teams. I know. I mean, Detroit. Detroit looked terrible. Detroit looked so, so You don't bad. like getting Hayes? Shame on you. Hayes played great. <laughs> Hayes had a game. Everybody else yeah. was pretty bad. Uh, the Spurs game was close, uh, but like the Spurs aren't good. They played two teams that aren't even in the NBA. Uh, yeah. There's, I don't know. 
I want to see what Dort looks like in a role where it's like, hey, your job tonight is to defend Anthony Edwards and take corner threes from from Giddy. Because when Giddy and Shea are in the game, there's not a lot of room for him to just go off. You know, I think that it would be like what that then I would be like, what are you doing, man? If he is doing yeah, some but even, of the same stuff. Like you mentioned 12 shots. Yeah. 54% from from the field, 35% from three. Mm-hmm. And I asked the question, I asked Brett and mm-hmm. everyone who discussed with me on Dort. Mm-hmm. Would you guard him? If you are the opponent, if you are Anthony Edwards, would you guard him or not? Um, to me, the answer is always no. Not you always do, no. No, I'm not always yes. no. I'm not always. I, I think if he is a career 35% from three, I mean, he's the kind of guy that we had been wanting in Oklahoma City for a long time. That like this good defender that is actually able to do something on the offensive end. Sure. I mean, 35% from three overall, if he can be somewhere close to 40% from the corners, which he has been, I, I think that that's a shot that you have to guard. You know, P.J. Tucker is not a great offensive player, but P.J. Tucker shoots it from the corner. Do they do they have to guard him super tight? No. No. But he's a majorly impactful player. Every single I mean, the guy is old now in NBA yeah. standards and teams are just like we got to get that guy. I mean the Sixers right now is, are the Sixers right now are just like the he is such an important piece to them in the playoffs. And I think Dort can be sure. a similar impact player in the playoffs. Let me put it this way. If Dort is your worst shooter on the court, yeah, you can be happy. Yeah. It's not the case. Yeah. I don't think that I don't think that the Thunder are under any impression that he's going to be a guy that's going to be like a focal point of the offense. Like, I, I don't think, I don't know how you could think that. Like, that's not what I think. I, I think that he is ultimately going to have to be pigeonholed into a role and not be the 17 point score, 17 point per game score. Like, I just don't yeah. th- think that he's going to be that. Um, but I, He's got he's he's got some room to develop, and I know that he doesn't always fit within the flow of the offense. But you need guys to defend on the perimeter, like you just flat out need those guys, and it's why the Thunder signed him to the deal that they did. Like sure, you just you you have to have those guys. Now, I don't care if he comes off the bench or starts or whatever. You know, Marcus Smart came off has come off the bench a ton for the Celtics, mm-hmm. and has been a guy that has been so impactful for them. And I think Dort can have a similar impact to a team that's winning. Um, I think you need to have those guys. And so I, you know, you play Denver, I mean, Jamal Murray, I already mentioned Anthony Edwards, like John Morant, like you just have to have somebody to throw on these guys and that will just go all out. And I think they will find offense elsewhere. But I also think when the ball hits his hands, like you also have to have a guy that can shoot it. We saw what happens with a guy like Andre Robertson, who is just terrified to shoot the basketball, terrified to be no, a, that's, to that's be a an part improvement. Of it. And, yeah. and again, I think that in the maybe in two years, we'll just say how, how stupid Mikel was two years ago. He is now our worst shooter and he's shooting 36%. That is great. It yeah. can happen. Um, 
I still think that whenever he's not the worst shooter and you have to rely on his spacing, you can't. Yeah. Um, this is reality for me right now. Um, he can be better. I mean, uh, out of college, I, I, I thought he could be like a 20 career, 25% three-point shooter. Oh, and he I, I didn't think he was going to make it as a shooter. Like as a guy yeah. that could, I mean, if you told me that at the draft, like this guy's going to score, and I don't care what the context is, it doesn't matter what the context is. No, 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 it doesn't matter. He point, improved seventeen points per game. Yeah, yeah I mean, I would have said you are you are nuts. You have you have lost your mind. Like, there's no way yeah. that that guy who's throwing the ball so high it's scraping the ceiling in your, at Arizona State that that guy's going to be able to do that. There ain't no way. Yeah, and he's been able to pull that off. I mean, it's been pretty astonishing. To see what he's become. Now he's his his next development is can you function in an offense and on a team that is built to win? Yeah. That's that's his next step of development, in my opinion. Is like, can he be your fifth best offensive player and not have take the amount of positions that he has? Because I think ideally that's what he is. Yeah. And that's what he has to become. And you can tinker with the lineup and just maybe um, bring, play Giddy and Man a lot together. And maybe he, you you play uh, Shea, Dort uh, and Jade up together. You, you can mix up things in such a way that you always have good shooters on yeah. the court. Um, and you just play the starters, token minutes, and then you start shuffling. Um, that is also something that can happen and probably will happen. Uh, I expect Dagnall to experiment a lot. This is the season oh, to play hard yeah. every single night, let the team assess themselves, but just try everything that you want and play the um, 11th and 12th pick a lot because you at the beginning of the pod you said you don't count on Jang and and Jada being something for you but you kind of are in in a way because those are number 11 and number 12 yeah and you need to have some production from you expect some production mm -hmm. from them yeah. maybe not this year uh but in due time yes yeah their development is crucial and that's part of the reason why I've said they need to find a different spot for Darius Baisley because the yeah. investment that they made, they already had the 12th pick. They had to th trade three picks in order to get the 11th pick. You have a ton invested in a guy in Usman yeah. Jang and in, and in Jalen Williams. You need to have the minutes to develop them. You can develop guys in practice. You can develop them with the blue. You can do all that stuff. I don't think those, either of those guys need the blue, by the way. But the real development happens in-game. That's where you can, yeah. that's where you develop, that's where you start to figure out who they can and can't guard, who, what they can and can't do on the offensive end, um, what they need to do physicality wise to become better. Uh, you need to have a lot of tape for them to watch over the offseason, where it's not just like, hey, here's a handful of minutes here and there, and you played a lot at the end of the season whenever things aren't really real. Like that, yeah. I mean, all that tape, I just throw it all out. But we're October, November, December tape is going to be the most real tape that you can get for this Thunder team. After that, I don't know. January into February, maybe you'll have some as well. But this is where it's really happening. 
and this is where I'm like, you got to play them. <laughs> you just got to play those guys. You got to figure out what you have. And it doesn't need to be giant minutes. I think I think Jalen Williams, J-Dub, can play a lot. I think that, that he'll play a lot. Jang, I don't know that he'll play a ton. I think you play him against backups. I think you see what he can do. I think you, against the Clippers, he's going to have a ton of op- wing options to guard. Like, go yeah. throw him on a bunch of those guys and see what he can do especially guys that are going to have the ball. I want to see what he does when he has to guard a guy like Paul George. How does he react? Is he able to slide his feet with Paul George? Is he able to play with him? Can he guard Kawhi Leonard? I don't expect him to do well, but that those to me are like pretty big points of emphasis. It's like These are the kind of guys we drafted you to be a good offensive player and to guard these kind of guys. Let's see where you are on day one. Like yeah, where, where let him do it. I think you do because to me, it's. I think Baisley can do it to a degree. Like I just don't need those data points. You know, those are not the data points that I need to to get this team where it needs to go. I think Baisley's kind of proven the kind of player that he is, and I think that he's a guy that needs to go play on a different team. And I think that these guys, with the investment that you made, you need to give them developmental time and early, because I I think yeah. that I mean Jang showed enough where you're like yeah playing with the thunder don't yeah don't waste time with the blue yeah just playing with the blue if you have like a home back to back and you have time and whatever right and there will be moments where they need to take a look at some other guys um that will happen but i i think that you need to find minutes for those guys today um uh before we go the thunder Waved all the Rockets guys, which is kind of what I'd hope that they do. I didn't really have a ton of interest in any of those guys. And they did something surprising. They signed Isaiah Joe, who was waived by the 76ers. Um, Joe is an interesting player. He hadn't played super well for the 76ers, hadn't shot the ball super well for the 76ers so far. Just kind of right at league average from three. I like the chance that they're taking with him. He's basically just like, mm-hmm. hey, Lindy Waters, here is competition for this spot. Who wants it? Because I guarantee you that Isaiah Joe doesn't have a, a whole lot of guaranteed money on this contract. Uh, we don't have the terms yet, but I would almost guarantee you that there's not a whole lot guaranteed on this. Yeah. And so they could, if Lindy just completely outperforms him, then Lindy could could still earn that spot and they could wave Isaiah Joe and bring Lindy in. That's possible. Or mm-hmm. they have Isaiah Joe on a very, I assume, very team-friendly deal. Um, so it's, it's interesting. It's good that they bring in guys that are designated shooters. I mean, you need to have those kind of guys. And odds are he and Lindy both probably won't be on the Thunder in two years. But... I think these are worthwhile chances to take on guys because there will be somebody, whether it's on the Thunder or on some other team, there will be a next Max Struess. There will be a next Duncan Robinson. There will be a next whoever the next guy the Heat bring in. Um, There will be that next guy. And to me, cycling shooter after shooter through this to try to see if you can find one is 
well worth your time. And it's something that I think that when it, when Joe was waived, I was like, oh man, that'd be great if the Thunder would pick him up. I don't think they'll do it, but it'd be great if they picked him up. And they did. And so, uh, just a worthwhile shot on a shooter from the wing. Yeah, and I'm also glad that they tried Nuaba for a couple of games. Yeah. Um, I think that the showcase that he is an aggressive um, defender that can play in transition. It's not what OKC needs, um, but it's good that they at least gave him a chance. Um, I think OKC made the right choice in keeping a guy like Joe. Um, I know that a lot of, uh, of us thought, hey, why not Lindy? Um, I think that, I mean, he signed a two years deal yeah as a two-way mm-hmm. guy and at some point as a team you have to take advantage of of your position like that is a contract uh if you weren't signed to a two years two-way deal probably this is Lindsay's spot right now yeah. um because he showed enough to grant at least uh um a non-guaranteed type deal mm-hmm. like the one that joe had but they had an, an opportunity and this is what a good team should do um and i'm sure that uh everyone will be happy uh at the end of the season no matter what and i'm sure that Lindsay has um a good chance to be a little bit more than a two-way um if he continues working yeah but he also needs to 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 have better percentage because he he is a shooter you can tell but at some point in order for him to be a good nba player he has to shot 42 43 percent from three something crazy because otherwise i mean there are plenty uh of guys that can be 36 percent on high volume i think with no defense at all mm-hmm. yeah i i like lindy a lot i think he's a great, yeah. great I person he, i hope he makes it i hope he makes it too he did shoot 42 42.9 percent from three in the preseason 91 percent from the line yeah. That's great. Uh, he's got to prove that at the NBA level. Uh, he's got pretty good size. He bulked up a little bit over the summer, um, but we're we're going to need to see some stuff from him. And the problem is, like, I just don't know that there's minutes there for him because we're talking Dort, Trey Mann, J Dub, Giddy. You got to get minutes for Jang. I think you have to get minutes for Aaron Wiggins too, who looked really good in the preseason. I think that Poku is going to occupy at least a, some minutes on the wing. Yeah. Uh, Kenrich Williams is going to play for this team. He's under contract for a long time and is a leader on and off the court. He's going to play. Uh, there's just not a lot of space for him or Isaiah Joe, for that matter. Those yeah. guys have to be ready, extremely ready. Oh, yeah. They'll have chances, but not many. Yeah. I mean, there are, as you mentioned, there are multiple guys that are pushing. Maybe Kenrich is not one of those guys that is pushing to get on the court every single night. He will play probably 50, 60 games. So there is time um, available. But they have those are the guys that will spend a lot of time in the G League. And yeah. they need to be absolutely insanely good there mm-hmm. in order for OKC to, to continue. I, I expect Joe to play quite a lot in the G League, to be honest. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's somebody that if if you want to get a good look as to how he functions within the Thunder offense, yeah, throw him in the yeah. G League because they play the same offense. I mean, Cam Woods, who was on the Thunder bench last year, is now the head coach 
and they shuffled in the head coach of the G League team up to the Thunder. It's kind of cool the way that they develop coaches as well as players within all of this. But, you know, it's going to be the same stuff. And I think that it's important to to get a look at these guys there. I think he and Lindy will get a lot of time there and stay ready. And whenever it's time, it's like, hey, you're going to get five minutes tonight. We'll get you two or three shots. Uh, you better make them, <laughs> you know, is, is about what it's going to be for those guys. So, um, all right. Preseason's over. Real basketball begins Wednesday night for the Thunder. We'll have another episode for you. Alex Spears and I will be back on Wednesday to discuss this team and further. Um, it's exciting, man. I, I know there's a lot of disappointment because there's no Chet, but there's a lot to be excited about. They still have two other lottery picks that are going to play yeah. roles on this team. In addition to Trey Mann, the improvement of Josh Giddy. Uh, we get to see Shea Gilgis-Alexander play on Wednesday night against the Timberwolves, which is very, very exciting. Uh, I that thought is that very unexpected. He, I mean, I, I kind of started to expect it after I saw him in the preseason, the way that he was working out before the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought there was a good chance that he would actually play and, you know, he's ready and I'm, I'm glad for that. And I think that a lot of people that thought Shay's injury was like, all right, well, Thunder are definitely going to sit him for the first two or three weeks of the season. Now, you know, th- that kind of claps back at all, all the people that are saying that like, they just want to shelf him and he needs to find a different spot or whatever. So we get to see Shay play, which is always fun and see this team, you know, this team could shock the world Wednesday. You know, the, the Timberwolves have a lot to figure out within their offense with this with this new team so um be kind of fun listen to you like you already abandoned the tanking ship and you're oh, ready no, no, for no, no, no. winning basketball games that, like opening night against the team that, that oh it is... would be so much okay can we just can we just take <laughs> I, a take I a page out of taylor's book and think you. dumb for what one happened night? in vacation like what is yeah. this optimism <laughs> I don't think they're going to be good. I think they're going to be, I mean, they're going to be in the lottery. They're going to be fifth or sixth in the lottery. I, that's what I think. That's where I think. Fifth or sixth in the league, I heard. <laughs> like that, that's bold. Fighting, fighting for the, for home court advantage. No, I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't put it. I mean, I, I think there's a chance that they could shock the world Wednesday and beat yeah. the Timberwolves. There was a question that I, I, I think we should briefly mention uh, that asked, Hey, do you think it's more likely that they are one game away from the plane than, or, or they are just first in the reverse standing? And it was not phrased like this. It was yeah. much better, but yeah. um, it was about aliens coming from the future. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I think that it's way more likely that they are one game away from the plane than they are the best, the worst team in the in the league. I would agree. That is, yeah, I would agree. They they're not going to be as bad as Utah or San Antonio. This year, other than the Rockets, why everyone thinks that the Rockets will be dramatically better? I think the Rockets are going to stink, man. I think they have they have a chance. Bad. They have a better chance of being the worst record in the league than one game away from the play-in. I mean, they they definitely do. And I just think the Thunder the Thunder play a brand of basketball that's too good to be the worst team in the league, and they they have proven that with non NBA players over the past two years. Yeah, they have proven that. And now here's the deal. Isaiah Joe and Lindy Waters, who are like fringe NBA players, are not going to get minutes on this team. They're not. I don't think this team, I think that they, 
they're going to be pulling levers. And they're going to have to do it decently early. They're going to start pulling mm-hmm. levers, but they're going to want to be a part of this draft. I just don't think they have it in them to be that bad, to be so bad that they are in the bottom three. They're not going to be a 14% team. I think they could be a a team that has like the fourth or fifth best odds. I don't think that's out of the question. No. But they're going to no, have to pull not. some levers to get there. Like mm-hmm. their their coaching is too competent, their players are too competent. They we were talking about it earlier like they take threes and shots at the rim. They play a very efficient style of basketball. Now they're going to have to hit shots for it to matter and for it to actually work. They they play an efficient style of basketball. They don't play they don't shoot the ball efficiently enough for it to work yet. Um but they play a good brand of basketball and it's one of them games they shouldn't have won. But I think if you're Sam and you look at what you've got with this roster and you look at the upcoming draft, you want to be a part of this next draft. You are going to just whisper to Dignall's ears, hey, please start Baisley, JRE, and Dort for the entire season. Wow, you're calling and Dort play them commander. at least 18 minutes together. I promise you, you can do whatever you want. In the remaining minutes, we would be okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fascinating season, in a for in a lot of ways. And like the bottom of the league is going to be interesting. I think the the rest of the league there's not that many teams at the bottom. No. I think the race to the bottom is going to be interesting. And then I think that the rest of the teams are going to be, I mean, it's going to be a fascinating season overall. But with the Thunder, I think there's there's more than meets the eye. Because if you listen to like season preview stuff, there's just not a lot of people talking about oh, the Thunder. No, and they sh- and honestly, they shouldn't. And it's not me like complaining like, oh, the Thunder need more national play. Like they don't. Like they're not there yet. They will get there. The beginning of next season, I think that there will be some buzz. Because you're going to have Chet coming back. You're going to have the 23 pick. They will make some roster moves. Like they just inevitably will. And things will look different. Um, So I I think this is going to be a really fascinating, fascinating season. Um, And if guys want to be a part of the, the, like, the next great Thunder team, they're going to have to prove some stuff this year. Yeah, And so that's going to be interesting, too. Uh, all right. That's it for today's show. Again, go to our Twitter account, at down to dunk and find the link. I'll go ahead and retweet it on my account and on the Down2Dunk account for Down2Dunk Night. Join us. They're playing the Denver Nuggets. It's going to be a super fun game. You get to see Nikola Jokic in person, which is really cool in itself. And you'll likely get to see Shea and Giddy and... Dort and J-Dub and all these guys do their thing. It's going to be really, really fun. So come join us. Half Court Shot for courtside seats and a big picture with all the down to dunkers out there. It should be so much fun. So be sure to go get your tickets for that. And we will talk to you guys again on Wednesday.